Podcast. I've got Jazzy Sargent. What's up, Jazzy? What's up, guys? How are you? Great. How are you doing? Are you so excited to do the podcast? I'm so excited. I've been waiting my whole life for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, there's not that many people listening. It's the people at the gym. And at the end of the day, I mean, really, everybody sees you coming in. They they see you when they, you know, if they're doing the fitness class or if they're doing the women's class, you're all over but they probably don't really know who you are. Probably not, yeah. So who are you? Um, I feel like I have two um, sides of myself because I work at the gym, I train, coach at the gym, and then I also DJ at a nightclub on the weekends. So there's like two different groups of people I, I associate with. So I feel uh, like there's two sides. Yeah, there's there's also the, the rugby piece. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I have a lot of hobbies. <laughs> Between climbing, rugby, lifting, the gym, and then also DJing, I have like a lot of different like social groups that I frequent in. So you said climbing, lifting, MMA, rugby. Rugby. I don't... uh, Tell everybody how tall you are. (laughs) I'm 4'11 and three quarters, but I say five foot. (laughs) And, and, you know, it's not polite, but I don't think you'll mind. How, How much do you weigh? Um, 113 today on the dot. All right. So how did you choose rugby and MMA? Like, I mean, I get it because I love those things. Um. And I, you know, you and I, I said, look, if we'll, we'll cut to the chase. Like if in another life, you know, I'm, I'm a lesbian, you know, (laughs) I can understand that. We would be hanging out best friends doing rugby. And MMA together <laughs> yeah. and picking up girls, but I'm I'm a married man. Yeah. So I know why you get into rugby and MMA. That sounds awesome. But what made you decide to get into it? Um. Well. Okay. So at first, um, I got into MMA because my entire life I played sports. Um, all through, literally from five years old to all the way up to like 17, 18, I played uh, year round softball. And um, that was my whole life. I had a softball scholarship, but the, by the time I hit 17, like I was burnt out on, on playing softball. Center field. Um, I had a scholarship to UAH, uh, University of Huntsville. But I kind of like looked in the mirror one day and I was like, I actually hate this sport now. I'm like burnt out on it. Can't stand it. So, you know, I get out of high school. I'm not playing any sports. Um, You know, I start going to community college and then right around 22, I'm still in college. A friend of mine who used to train and coach uh, for a gogi, Eli. I've known him since I was 17. He was like, hey, you should come to my gym. He was like, we drink beer and we train. And he was like, I think you'd be really good at it. And you know, I joined, and, I was like, and that was, so, you know, Eli was with us for a long time and then wanted to go off on his own, started Southside, mm-hmm. which was, which was cool. I thought it was a good time because he wasn't going to drink beer and train it at a go. Yeah. This was, definitely so this was, school. this was like, uh, it was a nice way he could have his thing. Cause he was really developing. And also they were under us at the time. So 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. I got to know you about the time you started training with. And Neil. at the time I was, I just started going out to bars and stuff and we would train and, you know, go out after. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a lot of fun. Um, so I got, I definitely got hooked um, to it. I got my ass beat for, I mean, a solid year when I started training. But beforehand, I also used to watch Ultimate Fighter as a kid. I mean, on Spike. Was it on Spike TV? Yeah. Yeah, I would watch that. That was, like, one of my favorite things to watch. And then Ronda Rousey, I think 2012, 2013, got put in the UFC. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. So I was a huge, like, you know. I don't want to interrupt you, but how old were you when when she came into the UFC? Was it, was it 2012 or 13? It probably was, like, 12. Now. Yeah. I was in eighth grade or my yeah. freshman year. Yeah, I feel so, so old. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. Yeah, I remember it coming in too, but I wasn't a kid. Yeah, That's, was that would a, be like, I mean, it, it I makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'd watched it also as a kid, like the Ultimate Fighter. I think that started like, what, 2003? We're on like 30 something episodes. Yeah, so it's, it's been going a minute. But I used to watch that and then she came and I was like, oh, wow, Seasons. like women, women do this. And um, it always sparked my interest. I just like, um, my parents could never afford me to like do any other training softball. Like I, it wasn't as expensive if you, if you really look at it. Um, I had a lot of sponsorships too for softball at the time from just to my coaches and things like that. So it was easier for me to continue to play year round softball. Cause it was basically free for me. Um, but yeah, 22 started jujitsu and, um, my first month, I actually noticed, even though I was getting my ass beat the entire time, that I was like, when it came to other like women in the gym or like other women that would stop in that were higher belts than me, I was somehow like tapping them. I knew one submission was a guillotine. That was it. And I was like, and then Eli looked at me. He was like, hey, you you actually really do have something. He was like, at first, like, I, you know, he tells people that to get him in the gym and stuff like that. But he was like, no, seriously, you can take this really far. You have the body type. You have the aggressiveness, which you can't really make someone aggressive. And I feel like that was like something I always had. Like I played soccer in high school and I really liked the physical edge to soccer which were like, you could like basically slide tackle people. And I was a defender. So I love that, like contact. So it like translated so well when this was like a one V one sport and it's all it is, is like physical contact. And, um, so I had the aggressiveness and then I was, I, I feel like I'm pretty athletic, especially for my size. Yeah, it's, you are. Very it's, explosive. Yeah, explosive. And it just kind of translated over and, um, I was like, wow, I can do something. And then I competed in my first tournament. I think it was at his gym. It was like a sub only tournament and there was like blue belt and below. A lot of the girls have been training for like four years. I won my first one against somebody. What was her name? She used to come to the gym. She wasn't very good. I can remember Wait. that. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. We'll leave that name out. <laughs> um, either way, I, I subbed her. I didn't know what I was doing. Well, the next person I went against was, is it Nakaya? Yeah, Nakaya, which, I mean, if you look at her now, I mean, she's a phenomenal um, superstar yep. and, and, and growing in and jiu-jitsu. pretty big. Yeah, she's a big girl. I a lot think it was one, 145 and below. Yeah. Because Laura was in that tournament too. Um, but I went against her and it was 10 minute sub only. And I lasted literally the entire time until like I think 30 seconds left. And Eli looked at me. She had me in a triangle and was like, hey, you can tap. And I was like, I was so stubborn. I was like, I don't want to tap. And then I was like, I'm going to go to sleep and maybe piss myself <laughs> in front of everyone. 
So um, I did really well. And then I had, you know, Joani come up to me after and was like, wow, you've only been training for a month. Like you need to stick with this. Like you have a lot of potential. And I think that it was just like that encouragement from even you guys, like y'all were very supportive of me at first too. Yeah. I remember, I don't, I don't remember if I met you before. Probably. I think I did, but I know I watched you at Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, that was my, that was two months in. So I had Greg Hopkins hit me up. And I'm literally training for two months at the time, partying and training. That's all I was doing at the time and going to school and working. And he was like, hey, do you want to do this uh, match at the Continent Joe? And I was like, it's in a ring and there's like people. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, do you want to do it? The girl's a white belt. And I was like, sure. What weight? And it was 115. I was like 110 at the time. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. Whatever. And well, I finally get there. It's like... I think the first of January, 2020, or maybe it was that December of 2019. I get there, turns out the girl's a four strike blue belt. And I didn't find that out until like the day of, or the day before. So I was like, wow, like I'm really nervous now. Like I had sold tickets to my fam- like my family and stuff. And I was like, I thought this was going to be a, a kind of a decent match. Yeah, like you an know? even match. Well, it was a 10 minute sub only match and I go out there and we, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing, but we had a draw. And I think that was another thing that kept me so invested because this is a four strap blue belt, weighs more than me. And I just competed in front of all these people and still had a draw after 10 minutes. Yeah. There's only been a couple of times this has happened to me, but like, and honestly, you and Trevor would be the two that I remember. But because most people, they start off completely with us. But I remember seeing you going, God, she's got everything I need to make a grappler. She just, she's a top player. She doesn't know. You know what I mean? Like you were playing bottom and pulling. And I thought, God, this girl, if, if we teach her some wrestling, how to get wrestling on top, she's going to, she's going to really do something. And Trevor was the same way. I was like, he's got no skill whatsoever. If we get my hands on him, who knows what he'll turn out to be. Uh, and I think we're about to see that in Abu Dhabi. But, yeah, I mean, I I remember just being really impressed with how game you were and the fact that you were getting in there. And you were a good little athlete. You had you kept your head focused the entire time. You didn't really know what you were doing, but uh, you were trying to finish and get out of there. It wasn't like you were just stalling. So, yeah, yeah it was fun. Um, so you, you did a couple jiu-jitsu m- matches, and you had fun with that. What made you go further? Um, Just honestly, the – encouragement um of like people around me like including you guys I didn't even train under y'all but like just the constant like um seeing me develop even in that short time and like you know I I I was getting my ass beat the whole time but like I would see like micro improvements with rolling with like because it was most men like Laura was the only girl there at the time I mean we'd have girls come in to hang out with Eli and stuff every now and then and I would do really well against them but just seeing the micro improvements really kept me like, uh, I'm not a quitter. I've never been a quitter with anything, you know? Um, and I was just like, I, I don't want to quit this. I don't want to just stop doing something, especially if I have a potential and it's just not me to quit something. And I was like, I, there's no reason for me to, I don't, I don't, I will finish something out. I don't, I know this is like a 12, you know, long year long to get, you know, your black belt normally, but I, I need something to show for this. Like I'm not going to spend five days a week or how many, how long I'm going to train and like have nothing to show for it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what's kept me going. 
is. And then also self-defense wise, like I'm, I'm five foot tall, 113 pounds. Like, you know, I was raised to be very street smart and, and I was also raised to like, not in this la la land, like bad shit happens all the time. And like, especially to women, um, in like today's world. And I just was like, I don't want to be, you know, another statistic. I don't want to be, you know, weak, you know, I don't, I don't want that for myself. I want to be able to carry myself or at least know enough to get away from a dangerous situation. Well, I'm proud of it because it, it's a long road. Look, it's a long road for a guy my size to come in and make progress and, you know, feel like, okay, yeah, I, I can defend myself in a situation, but I mean, you're getting to the point where you can legitimately handle yourself. Uh, I mean, and I, I, I don't say that lightly in any way. We said you're under five foot tall, you're 113 pounds, but you're a purple belt and you're very tough. And so like that skill gap really starts closing some of those physical, you know, advantages that guys would have and like nothing else does. I mean, jujitsu yeah, is really the best defense for, for a woman. So yeah, I'm proud of you because really now you're dangerous to, to anybody, mm-hmm. which is what you want to be. Absolutely. Um, so you did jujitsu for a little while. In the meantime, you're doing rugby. Tell me about rugby. Just because I, look, I will say it. When I moved to town, I remember going through academy, I think when it first opened. And there's a guy that's like, hey, do you play rugby? And he's a big, tall guy. And I'm like, does anybody play rugby? <laughs> and I just remember that was my answer. And he's like, well, we're, you know, we're starting the Chattanooga rugby team. And I was like, all right, man, what? Sounds cool. And we talked a little bit, but I was getting into MMA and I guess I was probably already in it. And so uh, just didn't do anything with it. But I've always found rugby interesting. My brother played some in college. And so I've always just kind of said, you know, that's definitely a sport for me. Oh, for sure. You You have the body type for it. I grew up in football and I was maybe a little small for football, but I was good size for rugby. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So what got you in it? What keeps you in it? And, you know, Tell me some things about it. Maybe it's something that our, our audience would like. Okay, absolutely. Um, so <laughs> I uh, I grew up around here in North Georgia, um, Chattanooga area. I went to Ringgold High School. Um, but I grew up super, like, religious. And, you know, I have a lot of straight friends. So when I hit early 20s, I still had these only straight friends. And I was like, dang, man, I, I really wish I had some gay friends. And um I don't know, one day I was in line at this bar and these girls behind me were talking about, you know, uh, the Chattanooga women's rugby team. They didn't even play. They had just gone to one of their festivals or like rugby tournaments here in town. Um, and they were like, yeah, it's it's like a, a whole bunch of lesbians just uh, playing basically, because I didn't know a lot about rugby, playing football with no pads. And I was like, that sounds... <laughs> fucking cool yeah. <laughs> I was like and Is we have heaven? one here yeah <laughs> and I was like man I really I really want some gay friends too so I was like the superficial reason I started was one football no pads like I always want to play football you know growing up I only had uh boys in my neighborhood. So we played like football and stuff like backyard football. So I was like, wow, this is another thing that I could really like enjoy. And I was like, I want these gay friends. And, um, so I joined one to make gay friends and then two to check it out. And, um, I, I learned very quickly that the Chattanooga women's rugby team is a, uh, lesbian cult for I, sure. I was going to say you were successful. 
Like, <laughs> very successful. <laughs> like, you just hit all the marks yeah. like bullseye. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely lesbian cult. Um, I'll give you an example. So the first game I ever played in, I'd been practicing just a couple practice. It was kind of like jujitsu. I just got thrown in, not knowing much, but I am athletic. So it actually, like, I'm, I'm actually, I, I should have done more with like maybe track or something because I'm, I'm exceptionally fast. Um, I'm usually always the fastest on any softball team I played on. That was the main reason I got a softball scholarship is for my speed. Um, so starting out, they just were like, we're going to pass you the ball and you run. And I was like, okay, I can do that. Well, I score my first try. It's called a try, not a touchdown. I score my first one and I'm like, yeah, we win that game. We come back. It was in Huntsville. And I come to the after party because huge rugby culture is, is partying. It really is. Yeah. I've- there's I'll pick themes. that up just from online. There's like you dress up together, you go out, there's themes, there's parties, there's like a initiation. Well, I didn't know any of this. I was still new. I pull up to the party. I come inside and we're talking and they're like, you scored your first try today. I was like, yeah, thanks guys. And they're like, okay, uh, take your clothes off. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, what do you guys mean? And they're like, they start chanting. And they're like, this is initiation. I mean, by consent, they're not going to like force me to do that. But they're like, if this if you consent to this, take your clothes off. And I was like, okay, hold on. Let's, let's pause for a second. And, uh, they're like, um, so when you score your first try, you have to do a naked Zulu, which are you run around the house or the field naked. And I was like, okay. And they're like, then you have to drink from a cleat that was played. Yeah. So I was like, they start chanting drink motherfucker drink. And they pour this cleat up. And while I'm not looking, my girlfriend at the time was watching everyone spit in the cleat. I didn't see this. I'm talking to someone. Yeah, it's kind of part of the shoe we did. Yeah, I didn't didn't know this, okay? So they're pouring all these different beers and stuff in the cleat. You know, they're spitting it. And I, they're like, drink, motherfucker, drink. Drink, motherfucker. And I I drink it and um, take my clothes off, run around. And the team captain at the time, Sierra, she actually plays pro rugby now in uh, Oakland, California. She is, um, she would be phenomenal at MMA. MMA. She's five nine, jacked like, wow! I've an athlete I've I've never seen before, and um, she runs with me. So I was like, okay. Well, I leave the party, and I still don't know if people spit in the cleat. And my girlfriend's like, hey, I didn't want to tell you, um, but uh, everyone spit in the cleat, <laughs> and I just gagged like the whole way home. But yeah, it's very culty. Yeah, I don't know that rugby would be for me. Yeah, it was. It was I like the pit people. <laughs> that was a lot of fun too. Yeah. Because um, like rugby tackles are a lot like a double. Yeah. Like a, from a single where you drop to a double, it's rugby tackle. Sure. Except you want to keep your head on the outside. But um, a lot of it's translated like back back and forth it's coming uh, you know just rugby tackling in general is hit a lot in football just with head injury injuries people are trying to teach safer way of tackling oh, and so you're seeing more of that style tackling even in in mm-hmm. american football um yeah it's it's very very rough sport but they do take measures um pretty seriously like in football you can tackle almost any way you want and kind of get away with it rugby i still get high tackle because i'm short but they they will call they'll call give you a yellow card very fast um, so what are the basic rules for that so uh you have to tackle below the hip line and you have to tackle with your head on the outside of the hip so oh, you can't hit them in the chest no, 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 no. You, it, you went yeah, rugby's losing. It's losing for me. It's going down. You just, you, you I don't want to get that scoop low. their legs, 
but that's good for me. Yeah, it's great I'm for you. I'm a phenomenal tackler because I just all I have to do is drop ankle pick if I have to. Yeah, you've um, got a pretty big advantage with <laughs> wrestling. It's nice. yeah. It really is. Um, but no, I, I love it. Practice and, uh, track, trying to tackle Torres a little bit, and you'll get. Yeah, it probably makes it a little easier. Good God, there's the tallest girl on the team is like six three. There's some big girls. I you know I saw them at I think your fight. You had the men's and women's team. Yeah. Cup. Big and, girls. Uh, yeah, I was like, girls, why don't you try MMA? You yeah, know? that's like, what I'm, I've been trying to tell them. I don't know. Make some money. That's what I'm saying. We don't get paid. This is a club sport. This is a club sport. And there's so many injuries. And that's the thing that people don't understand. And look, I, I did it. I, I gave my body up for a hobby, which is jujitsu. But, uh, you know, we were crazy back then, going a lot harder than we go now. <clears throat> but... It's, it's wild that you can be a professional athlete. You know, like, you think the time's passed, and you think, well, there's no way I can be one. But the road to the UFC or Invicta is really open for a lot of people, especially if you're putting the time in. Especially and, right and now. For you, right now in women's MMA, what are you seeing on the women's scene that uh, you're excited about, or who are you watching, and where are you looking? what are you looking to do with your career? Um, I've been following a lot of the American top team girls. Um, they have a lot that are my size. Um, I have noticed that if like, this is my prime time to get into, um, like go further with the sport. I feel like in the next 15 years, it's going to be a lot harder. Um, just for the simple fact that it's still rather new. I mean, it's 10 years old, but what I've noticed that is, um, it's going to progress into is more wrestling. Women are starting to wrestle more. And those, I mean, you know, wrestlers make some of the best MMA athletes. So right now I don't have a wrestling background. I have jujitsu background somewhat. So if I'm going to, you know, I need to really put it in drive right now um, because I feel like the game's going to get more, more, more and more elite in the next 15 years, especially with women starting so early trying to go far with the sport, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I think, <clears throat> you know, we talk about Title IX and, the best, the best thing about Title IX in the past 20 years to me is women's wrestling uh, because it's Title IX was initially what killed men's wrestling. And so seeing women's wrestling really pick up, that's great for everybody because, one, it's been a fantastic sport for women. And I don't, I don't know that people expected that. You know, they try to put you in field hockey or something. Yeah. But women's wrestling is super exciting and getting really high level. And then when you add those women's programs, obviously the men's program gets to come back. So I'm hoping that we kind of have a revival of wrestling in general over the next few years with more so. of these women's teams happening. I think we're seeing more high school teams even in the area. That's great. That's great for, for both genders, and, and it's really great for MMA. Oh, absolutely. If I could somehow go back in time, there was just not women's teams sure. or even other women, and a lot of coaches frowned upon it. I wish I had that option because I would have loved to, you know, do yeah, you wrestling. Were at such a, you know, a well-known wrestling school. You know, Ringgold's had, mm -hmm. you know, a great history of wrestling. So and the, that, the, the coach was very anti having women on his team, and that really sucks. That really sucks for me. But uh, times are changing, and um, it's going to be a lot different. When you're still so young, you're gonna you're gonna be able to pick up. I think wrestling in the room, you know, like in our room, and be fine like you said, where you're at, but that, that next generation of girls yeah, you're gonna be, is really going to have, a, like you said, an advantage I'm of coming up you, through school. If you put the next generation of <laughs> wrestle, 
like wrestling the girls that are collegiate wrestlers that go to MMA against the beginning, you know, Rose and Rhonda and all them, they would smoke them. Well, like, it's yeah. it's going to be two different levels. It's changing so fast. It's amazing. I saw Kayla Harrison at the bare knuckle MMA. She was doing the commentary and I mean, her arms and shoulders are as big as mine. <laughs> I mean, she, she's not much smaller than me. Kayla Harrison. She, uh, she's PFL. Uh, yeah, she's a, uh, the Michelle uh, Montiques, uh, like her one of her coaches. Oh yeah, yeah. Makes sense. They yeah, um, uh, I think they live together too. But uh, that would also make sense. Yeah, <laughs> that would make sense. Uh, Wild one MMA, right? Yeah. That's that girl. She's uh, from uh, New Zealand. She was. She on, played rugby as well. I don't. I guess it was. I guess she was in the UFC. Was it the UFC fight? No, nope. it was. She was PFL. She fought on the same card. Or uh, no, no, no. Sorry. Uh, what's I'm trying to think? Matt which Ball's card? card? <clears throat> That's what it was. I yeah. saw her at an Icon show. Yeah. Uh, we were on a, the same card of her, as her at Icon. Yeah, she's now yeah, she's, like four and, or five and oh. And then her amateur record, she was like 12 and one. Well, it's very simple. A she's going to just go overpower everybody. She's a big yeah. girl. And, <laughs> I would prefer to get hit in the face by most of the guys at the gym over her, I'm telling you. Yeah, it was interesting watching watching her. Uh, and I, I think her skill's developing. And, and I'll, I'll say that... Look, I don't mean it as a knock. Like you said, it's 10 years for the women, really. The guys have had since 93. Yeah. Women's, it's been longer than 10 years, but 10 years was when I think women's MMA hit a level that was really respectable. Yeah, like elite uh, level. Right. I mean, Holly Holm, Rhonda, mm-hmm. you know, the Gina Carano, you know, those days when they, they used to not let women go five minutes. Yeah. I mean, that sounds crazy now because some of the best wars we see on a UFC card will be women. I know. The and used to, they'd, sh- they'd stop them at like three minutes. <sighs> it's, any- it's progressed amazing. It it's, has. It's crazy. Who are some of the fighters that you're watching right now? Um, Like elite level? Yeah. Um, huge fan of Rose, but I feel like she's starting to get past her time. Um, you got to keep up. Yeah, I know. I need to keep up. Um, and then I follow Michelle a lot. Um, and that little whole group, uh, what's her name? Elise. I'm really bad with names. There's this, uh, 125, uh, Allie, Allie Elise or something like that. I've been following her for years and she's just now getting to the, she's been with one championship and she's been around my size. I've been following her for a while. She's now cross training at American top team. Um, I feel like American top team is like housing a lot of the straw weights and a lot of the atom weights right now that I've been keeping my eye on. I feel like they're collecting like yeah. small women's weight classes. I'm not sure why, but they have a lot of I mean, gyms tend to, uh, you know, we notice that just being like when we went out to, to extreme couture, I mean, look, they're deep at 185. Obviously you got Strickland, uh, but tons of the other guys in that division, you know, like Chris Curtis and, some of the other guys are, are just sitting in that 185 division all training together. And then you go to, to like, uh, we were with Elite, and you got a lot of guys at 170. You know, Phil Rowe was down it's, there it's at Fusion. Like they're all packed in together. Yeah, so it, it kind of makes sense, and it kind of doesn't. Like, you know, I, I kind of like the idea of going and getting time with those guys. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's, it's I every like time it happens, you're like, man, they know more. Like, we go to Extreme. It's like, well, you're going to face some of these guys at some point. And so the first time you do well, and then the second time they start to figure you out a little bit. Now, we're always growing, so Mm -hmm. it's not something to be 
scared of. But yeah, they're, I mean, they're keeping an eye on you as much as a lot of times as you're keeping an eye on them. Cause I will say, I, I think they also do it for the simple fact that they have bodies. They have absolutely. bodies that are the same weight and you know, that's hard. That's for hard women's to find. MMA. That's, yeah. that's one of the big keys. So I feel like that's one reason they're just like collecting all these 115, 105ers. Cause like, okay, we can, you know, have them, you know, go against each other. And, you yeah. know, I feel like that, you know, it's a lot different. Like yeah. if me going against somebody who's 125, man, yeah, that can help me. But it, it, it doesn't feel like a woman, if that makes sense. Like, no, it does It's a lot different. I know Syndicate for a long time was big at like the 135 mm-hmm. uh, weight class. So, yeah, it's interesting. We'll see. Uh, you know, the one thing I've seen, like we, we attract big guys. I'm a big guy. But we're also going to start attracting girls your size because you're, you're here. Mm-hmm. You know, Trevor uh, will attract guys in his weight class. Vinny will attract guys in his Absolutely. weight class. That's just kind of how it works. So as you guys move up, people will come because they're going to see you and go, oh, if, you know, if Jazzy can do it and she's about my size, then I can do it. Yeah, absolutely. So those training partners tend to come. Um, what are your goals for MMA? I know we kind of jumped into MMA and there's other stuff to talk about, but. Um, I want to I want to go as far as I can with it. Um, I have a lot of love for the sport. I mean, it's, that's all I think about. Um, I also really love jujitsu. I would love to go far with jujitsu. Um, I will say jujitsu was my first love for sure. I, it's still something I, I just thoroughly enjoy. You know, I feel like jujitsu is a less, less harder, hard on your body, um, than getting hit in the face all the time for sure. And it's something that I can do. Um, and it's like less taxing basically to, to train sometimes if I'm having like an off week, you know, I, I'm like, I still got to train and it's just something I'm like, I can go in here and do this and still enjoy it. And it just, I I just love it so much. So I do, I definitely want to go to worlds. I want to progress and, uh, you know, do some pans. Um, and I'll tell you after doing, you know, some of this coaching up to, to the UFC level, like getting to see how to do it and how, how I would do it again. Social media is so important. I did yeah. not understand the level of importance that they put on social media. I and one of the best, <laughs> I'm just not that guy. Uh, I, I've told Finney do push-ups. You know, put them on TikTok. You know, you'll I've told you'll him make this money. Too. Period. I told him to eat on on some TikToks, yeah. just like different foods that he eats all the time. But that's that's utterly important. But just name value. Period. So getting you know going to worlds, doing well, you know, ADCC qualifiers, doing those jujitsu competitions. If you've got a goal of being successful in MMA and you want to make money, if you've got talent in jujitsu, you need to go compete in jujitsu because that's going to get your name out there. Oh, absolutely. A lot of those girls do like, um, I'm seeing it way. Like mm -hmm. it is absolutely the way you need to do it. Uh, If not, you know, if you're not a, a jiu-jitsu athlete, I guess you could do Muay Thai, but really yeah. at that point you're relying on social media. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for example, when we went to B team down in Austin, Texas, there was a girl, uh, she hadn't competed in worlds yet. Uh, her name was Naomi. She has a brown belt now. Um, she rolled with me and Laura. She's a big girl, very strong girl. And uh, I'd followed her on Instagram and she had maybe like 2000 followers. She goes to worlds four months later, purple belt. She was training. She's from Australia. She was training at B team for, I think like four or five months. Um, she goes to worlds. She's at like 9,000 followers now just for winning IBJJF worlds. 
yeah. not like a, a specialty or anything like that, but it's the social media, like it, it draws a lot of attention. Um, and she has like three or four sponsorships just from winning worlds. So I feel like that's a really good uh, place for me to also start, you know, getting more, you know, attention. Yeah. I think, you know, you've done it. Women have a little more time. We've talked about that. Yeah. You know, it feels like your peak comes a little later athletically I than, think so. than men. And you've, you just focus on build skills, build skills, build skills. And then I think when you're ready, we'll, we'll hit the run, you know, the road running. Mm-hmm. So I think you've been very smart about how you've been doing it, but jujitsu competing, you know, competition, I think will be a huge key in kind of building your name and your mm-hmm. brand. As you Sponsorships. Yeah. It's a lot easier to get, I feel like in women's like MMA, unless you're in the UFC or something like that, it's a lot easier for women, even though I'm still a purple belt, I can still get sponsorships and followers and people who are in the MMA community following me before I even reach that elite level. Yeah. And that's going to help a lot. Sponsorships help a ton with a lot of things. Well, and, and they help just those sponsorships and numbers on social, just they have dollar value when it's time they to make your contract do. when you're, and also like, if you don't have that, you're kind of at the whim of whatever the promotion wants to do with you. Mm-hmm. And you don't have, you know, quite as much uh, leverage in those those decisions. Pretty much they say, go here, you go there. Absolutely. Uh, so you start realizing, oh, we've got to find every way of getting some kind of leverage. And social media is definitely one of those ways. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, let's go to the DJ and stuff. Because okay. that's, <laughs> I know that's just as big. Yeah. Because uh, every time that you've had anything you've brought a ton of people yeah. and a lot of those are, are from rugby, but a ton of them just seem to be from. Yeah. DJing is actually DJing. also, um, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that I do both these things, honestly, some earth, all three of these things. Sometimes, um, DJing is something I'm actually, I started a year ago. I just was doing it because we changed, um, like owners at the bar I was at. And uh, they were like, hey, we're going to fire this DJ. We need someone. They kind of looked panicked. And I was like, honestly, I, you know, I've played my phone at parties. Let me, let me try. And they're like, okay, let's do this for now. Well, we went from making $2,000 a night in sales because it was really bad time. A whole bunch of other bars had opened. We had an old brand. We rebranded. I've been DJing for a year. We went from sales of 2K a night to 17 on a Friday night, which is a little less than our Saturday. One for that room. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's a small room, really. That's, yeah. It's, uh, it's so not you're packing big. them in there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's gotten to the point now that I have, you know, offers of people around Chattanooga asking me, hey, will you come do this event? Hey, can you come do this event? Do you want to DJ at this bar on this night? Um, promoters, um, owners of businesses asking me to do special events for certain things and stuff like that. And, um, I've kind of like gotten progressively a lot better with it. And now I'm working with other DJs who make music to make my own music. And so that's slowly progressed as well in the past year. And I wasn't expecting that. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. I, I never thought I was going to be good at this too. <laughs> I really didn't expect it, but I don't quit. Who, that's the thing. I think uh, that's what, you know, I'll be honest. Like I'm sure it takes a ton of skill to DJ, but 
it kind of does feel like you just get up there and hit your phone and you got a good little personality and people are like, yay, yeah. whatever you're playing. They like. I would say that if we didn't have the kidding. sales difference. No, I totally agree. At first that was what exactly what it was. And now I've, you know, I've invested a lot of money. I've bought, you know, speakers. I've bought, you know, a $1,200. Well, you kind of built your brand now. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, but yeah, initially like, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, kind of that. But, uh, I mean, I like the fact that you're doing what you want to do. You know, you kind of like, look, it took me a lot lot longer to get there, but pretty much what am I doing during the day? Pretty much the stuff I want to do. Yeah, you know, I'm, absolutely. I'm shooting guns or talking to people about guns or I'm over, you know, training MMA fighters or teaching jujitsu or, you know, maybe looking at real estate or something, but that's about it. And you're kind of the same way. And you, you pretty much just do what you want to do. And you've hustled enough to make it all work. And I really respect that because there's a lot of people that, you know, they're looking for that one one thing, but you're you're always working, always hustling and always grinding. So how did you get get that way? Um, I just that don't quit mentality. I, I really feel like has followed me my entire life. Um I didn't have the best childhood growing up. Um, my family was uh, really poor. Um, my dad wasn't in my life a lot uh, due to my mom. And um, I beat, my mom had me at like 18 at a very young mom. Um, she was just like a bartender, construction worker. And um, yeah, I just, I, I've beat a lot of the statistics against me. And ever since I was younger, I was like, I'm just not going to be a statistic. I'm not going to continue this like, this, I don't know, this life of like, I need more, I'm going to be more. And, you know, I've developed, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. And I'm going to finish it all the way through and I'm going to be successful. And I've told myself this every single day, um, since I was a kid and I'm just so determined not to end up like, uh, my parents really. Like I just, so I just, I don't want to end up like that. And I think that just drives me. Well, it's, it's great yeah. motivation. I mean, I know, look, for whatever reason, it's one of the reasons you and I click because I'm, I'm the same way. I, I cannot quit. I'm, I think that's maybe, I mean, you're hitting it over and over and I've, I've said it a couple of times, but it, it probably is one of the things we've got most in common. I just can't do it. And I got to be, you know, at least good at anything. <laughs> you know, if I started, I got to get to pretty good at least. Yeah. But just kind of that will to to get further, the will to keep going. Um, it'll pay off in the fight world, and obviously it's going to pay off in the business world. But what are your plans for for business or career? You know, what are your dreams? Um, so I've uh, I've seen a lot of, like, people in high-level MMA and, like, um, jiu-jitsu and stuff like that uh, say multiple times, like, um, this cannot be your only source of income. You cannot solely just rely on this for your source of income. And that's okay if you want to dedicate all your training and stuff, but you also need to have, you know, stuff in your back pocket. So, you know, coaching I have, you know, I'm a personal trainer, have that. I have, you know, uh, associates of business. I'm going back to school October 1st for cybersecurity. That's another little thing that's going to be for my bachelor's only have like 20 classes left. Um, that's another thing in my back pocket. So, um, and then DJing too on the side is another little 
business in my back pocket that all these skills that I've kept and I keep working for are things that I have. Like I always have an ABCD always and multiple side hustles. I've, I've listened to a lot of millionaires, how, you know, they don't have just one source of income either. They have multiple. And that's something that I always keep in the back of my mind when it comes to everything is I need to have all these, um, yeah, backup they're, plans. they're talking about multi. I can't, I can't talk very well. Multi, multi, preneur, multi, preneur. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't say the word, uh, but I agree with it. Having instead of putting all your eggs, look, I kind of put all my eggs in in one. But you have multiple things. We've diverted. You know, <laughs> yeah, we're multiple things. We're going a bunch of different directions, yeah. right? Because I just think you have to have that insulation, you know, that backup to the backup. Same same way you are. In fact, when you said cybersecurity, I thought I've been thinking about a Gogi security, and you know, yeah. we're we're working on on a name uh, and kind of setting up to do some security. And cybersecurity is one of those things on down the road. Uh, so you never know how this stuff works out. I've just always found the best network I have is the gym. Oh, clear, for sure, clearly. But it, it's just crazy. It seems like if you just talk to everybody here, you'll you'll always find that that one little thing you were needing or some you know the oh, puzzle yeah. is just it always seems like it fits together. There's so many of us. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, you know, electrician, plumber, like we got it. Absolutely, <laughs> anything. So, what got you in into Gogi? I mean, you you kind of started off, and then why'd you settle here? <clears throat> I mean, I've always liked you guys. You've always supported me. Even, you know, when I started at Eli's gym, like I didn't know you guys, but y'all showed up to my matches and y'all even coached me at some of my matches when Eli, you know, he was, it was only him. I mean, I've been to Nagas and stuff like that and y'all have always like followed in and I've always really appreciated that. Yeah, um, that was, I mean, that's a little different because like I said, he was at the time, those yeah. belts were kind of under me. So I felt, oh, I felt some responsibility for that, but yeah, I get it was what you're still, saying. I didn't know you guys. Yeah, so, you know, I so get, like I really yeah. appreciated that. And y'all have always been kind and welcoming anytime I've came, you know, to train over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you've taken care of me since I've started working here. You've given me, you know, a lot of like, um, knowledge and like, um, I'm just very appreciative of everything that you guys have done for me. And, um, and the family, like, um, way you run your businesses. I feel like that's, that's, that's really nice. I'm not really close with my family. So I really like cling on to that. And, uh, I really, I just love that. Um, and yeah, I, I love working there. I love coaching there. I love training here. So. Well, you're a big part of it. And it, I don't know, sometimes it just feels like you're just supposed to be here. So it's yeah. just got, it's just <laughs> yeah. got to happen. Like, yeah. you know, it's just one of those, those kind of things. So. Uh, definitely glad you're here. Let's talk anything else that, that we've not covered. Cause you've done so many things I and know. I feel like <laughs> there's stuff that I don't know about you. I, I've kind of covered the stuff that I know, Yeah, but I, what's something that, that I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like this is my life. <laughs> I feel pretty like I out, have enough. You're pretty out in the open. Yeah. I tell you, tell me about your, tell me about your girlfriend okay. and tell me about your, just kind of your personal life. Um, so I have a girlfriend of almost three years on and off. Uh, we met January of 2021. Um, she is a, uh, she's a therapist uh, locally here in Chattanooga. Uh, she's going back to school to get her doctorates. Uh, wonderful girl. Very opposite for me. Completely opposite for me, actually. Like uh, she's done two jujitsu classes and she was like, I just don't like touching people. <laughs> 
I saw her in here the other night. I was glad she tried it out. I had to be her partner. Yeah, I saw that. Um, she, she lifts and, you know, runs. I'm not a, I'm not a runner, so we don't do that together. Um, she does rock climb with me. Um, she plays club volleyball. Um, I played a little in high school, but we have a uh, different hobbies. Um, but I kind of like that. Um, yeah. I always said that I would, I would like to have a partner who does, uh, martial arts, but honestly, I feel like that would be too much. Like just being around them all the time. It's, it's probably good for me that my wife it's definitely good for my ego. <laughs> I know that <laughs> because I'll be like, I, you know, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's just rolling around with guys like yeah. it's nasty or, you know, whatever. She, she could care less that I'm any good at jujitsu or, you know, she, she doesn't see much purpose, I guess, probably in that, but it's, it's good in the fact that she a hundred percent supports me and always has in doing the things that I like to do. So, She's never gotten away. She might not understand it, but she's she's always been supportive. It seems like your girlfriend. Oh, is so supportive. So, bef- um, I got out of relationship right when I had met her, and uh, I was dating this other girl for probably about a year or something like that. And um, she was very non-supportive. Like I remember training, like I would train like five, four days a week, um, just for hour sessions. I do a lot more now because I, I mean, I work here, so it's right. it's easier. And she'd be like, kind of got to the point that she was like, you need to choose. And I was like, wow, this, this, this fucking sucks. I was like, I don't know what to do. And this is miserable. And then I got with Natalie and she's been nothing but like supportive. Like if I say I want to train to this extent or this long or go out of town last minute to Austin, Texas, go to B team cross train. Um, she was like, okay. She's like, always like, yes. Okay. I support you. Um, comes to all my fights, supports me. Um, gets me food before and after, you know, I, I couldn't ask for more of a supportive person when it comes to what I do in my jobs. Um, because I'm, I'm busy. I really am busy. I'm constantly doing something, you know, and, um, she doesn't know a lot about the things, but I, when I do make conversation about it, she asks me questions and I feel like that's super important as well. I get a, you know, there's a lot of guys and girls, but I, I typically am getting asked questions by a lot of the guys relationships and stuff like that. And, and for the most part, if I say, Hey, you want you want to be a pro fighter, forget the relationships. Just don't have them. Mm-hmm. Unless, oh, <laughs> unless she makes you way better. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Unless your life is going to be much easier having that person because it takes so much focus to do what we do that having that person that kind of supports you and can kind of fill in some of those gaps and like make your life kind of balanced, even though you're completely unbalanced and focused, that's a really good thing. It's hard to find. I'm very, very lucky. Hard. Every other girl I've dated, it's been difficult to do what I do. Um, but no, I agree. If, you know, when I tell the guys to just Zane, for example, um, concentrate, concentrate on, you don't just be single right now. I just got lucky. I got so lucky, you know, because she is so supportive and doesn't care how much I train. And then, you know, she makes way more money than me. And yet when I come home, she's cooked dinner after yeah. I train till 10 o'clock at night. You know, that's, that's awesome. That takes a lot. It makes my life a lot easier sure. I, and it's, it's healthy food. Like she, it's great. Like, <laughs> I mean, if I could be single, that'd be cool. Like if I hadn't found her, I'd probably stay single and try to concentrate on this, but I just found a really good one. <laughs> yeah. Same with me. I mean, 
I never had to worry about my kids, never had to worry about the house, I never had to worry about, you know, all those things going on. I could just focus on growing the gym, growing the business, you know, training, which really, I found the only way to, to grow this thing is just to, to be in the room and training, you know, like, it seems to grow on its own when it's, when it's going well, mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah, you got to just be able to focus on the, on the goals. If you're a person like you and I are, we have to have those goals and we have to be moving towards those things. And so, uh, having a good partner. Yeah. It, it does assist. Cause I, I probably would just be living in the gym <laughs> and training all the time if I didn't have her. Cause I really wouldn't care about the rest of it. I don't know if you know about Connor's like Connor McGregor's like wife or I know they've been together since since the beginning I mean I feel like he wouldn't have made it without her for sure I just feel like some sometimes there's just that one person I mean she she yeah Dustin Poirier great example also yeah I think she she like worked you know when he didn't work he he she was like just train you know cooked him dinner and worked in full time and now I feel like that's a tribute I feel like a lot if you can find that person they can attribute if you you guys are on the same team well, you can get a lot, of, a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, looking at him is a great example, like I said. Uh, but I feel the same way. Like, there's no way I get to where I'm at or have done any of the things I've done without having somebody behind me to make sure that my life does not fall apart. Uh, because I'd definitely let it fall apart if it meant that, <laughs> that I was training more or doing yeah. more of all the stuff that I'm so focused on, you know. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add? This has been fun. It has been fun. Um, I feel like I've told you on my whole life story. <laughs> We've heard a good bit of it. I'm sure there's a lot more going on. Uh, what are your next plans? When do you plan on getting back in the cage? So I'm going to blame Sterling for this right here. I was going to fight in November. Um, I go to him. We we had a November card, I thought, uh, a couple months ago. I was like, I'll fight in November. And he was like, there's no card in November. And I was like, okay. And he was like, get on the September card. And I was like, nah, that's, that's too soon. Uh, you know, I, I need to get adjusted to be back in school October 1st. I was like, I'll fight in November. And he was like, there's not one. You're going to have to wait till after the holidays. Well, then he hits me up like, or not hits me up. But he tells me, Hey, are you fighting in November? And I was like, certainly, what are you talking about? And this is like a week ago. And he was like, they, they canceled the September card and they're doing it in November. And I was like, okay, well now I'm not, I'm not prepared for that. Um, I do, I don't know if there's a card in, um, January, but I would love to get back in there in January. Yeah, I'm sure there's one in probably in January. Yeah, so definitely that's a good time to do that. You put a lot of work in. I think, you know, just keep focusing on your wrestling and, and kind of the direction that you've been going in is the right direction. We we'll just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, you'll probably, you know, we've, I would say next year, good chance this year last as an amateur and then it'll be, be time to turn pro. You yeah. Know, this, pretty next, soon this next year I want to rack up some, some experience yeah. and some fights. Yeah, we need to get three or four next year. Yeah, I'm I'm down. Well, I think you're going to go far, and we've got a lot of work to do, but you've done a lot of work, so I'm proud of you, and we'll keep at it. Uh, right now it's time to get on the mat, so if if uh, you guys are not training, definitely get in here, and uh, we'll see you there.